Little roller up along first. Behind the back. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. A 2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza and the Mets lead three to two. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner! Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, And welcome to another edition of the Shea Hello Podcast. My name is Casey Lynn. I am joined by my co-host Bill Pulsifer. This is episode number 11. Unbelievable. Uh, I want to thank, of course, Stephen White, who is our producer behind the scenes. If you're by a computer or by a phone, which I know you are, check out his website. It is roots-recordings.com. Roots plural-recordings.com. I want to thank everybody for joining us. If you're watching us at Shea Hello Media on YouTube, um, we are getting our subscribers up, which is very exciting. The more subscribers, the more people are watching, and that's what we're here for. And uh, Bill has a lot to do with that. We are very excited. And we are, of course, on all platforms uh, for podcasts, Google, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Uh, so you can find us, the Shalo podcast there. I just wanted to just say thank you very much. Uh, please follow us and subscribe if you are on YouTube. Now that we get that all out of the way, Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, I can't believe it's episode uh, podcast number 11, but uh, I say that every time. So I know. <laughs> the weeks are flying by. They always do. And uh, we're not even at what we would call hot stove yet. Uh, we are in the midst of the playoffs. As uh, we spoke last time, we are obviously now a little deeper into the playoffs. Uh, let's go right into that. Uh, I know that uh, a couple episodes ago, you uh, mentioned how you do love playoff baseball. And just because the Mets season is over, uh, doesn't mean, you know, stop watching baseball, even though the Mets are out. So my question to you so far uh, what are you most impressed with or what teams, players, or anything uh, that's going on in playoff baseball right now in uh, Major League Baseball postseason? Uh, well, it's, it's easy to say this now, but uh, even before last night, obviously the Rangers have been very, very impressive on a super hot streak, almost to the point where they kind of kind of have to lose a game just to remember what it feels like. So they <laughs> get, uh, get slapped in the face, and if they do end up uh, – moving forward and going into the world series, obviously, uh, Corey Seager's a uh, tremendous baseball player. They've got a, you know, they're, they're at bats one through nine. Um, just, they, you know, they see so many pitches, they make the pitchers work. Um, I've been loving, I know this doesn't Mets fans don't want to hear this, but the Phillies, 
The Phillies are just a monster. They're a bunch of dirt dogs. They're uh, they're really buying into the the Philly fans, and the fans have been tremendous. I mean, that stadium has just been rocking. Yeah, uh, I know Mets fans it, don't want to hear that. I don't. <laughs> I know, but it's true. But the it's Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have been quite a surprise. Um, I would it's think true that, though. It's, I can't argue the truth, Bill. I mean, yeah. you're, everything. You're right. It sucks for a Mets fan, but the Phillies have been playing, uh, and their crowd and their stadium. Unbelievable. Well, unfortunately, what I kind of noticed from watching the Phillies play, and I, I hate to say this, but it lets you see exactly how far uh, the Mets really kind of are at this at this moment. Um, a lot more passion I'm seeing from from that group of guys, and uh, I'm hoping that the yeah. Mets players are watching this and, and seeing um, how great it can be, and and the level of just feistiness that that needs to that needs to happen in this day and age in baseball. Because, you know, you have the other teams that uh, went out there, you know, like the Braves and the, and the Dodgers. And unfortunately for them, they were so far ahead um, early in the year that they didn't have to fight for it. That uh, in those few days off, I think, kind of kind of hurt them a little bit. Yeah, we, we touched on that last episode last week. And uh, it turns out now that we can look back, three out of the four teams that had that bye uh, didn't make it uh, through well, their the- first round. The interesting was, thing about that for me is, is that the Astros is the one team that made it through, and that was actually the team that had to fight until the very last day to know yeah. exactly where they were going to be uh, and when they were going to be playing. So I think that kind of eliminates that argument for the, the days off being a detriment because I do believe they yeah. are. It, you could look at it either way. Yeah, the Astros had to play the, the, la, game 162. Them and the Rangers didn't know if they'd be the, wild, uh, the number five wild card team or the winner of the uh, AOS. So, uh, and then you can look at the other three teams, the Orioles, the Braves, and the Dodgers, who had the buys. And, you know, Dodgers getting swept, Orioles flat on their ass, and uh, the Braves flat on their ass, and the Orioles swept. And uh, what other – that's all three teams right there, I believe. So, well, I, think, uh, it, it, I think being turned on longer, you know, where the other teams, they were so far ahead that – they're not ever completely turned off, but you're not as intense as a team that's still fighting until the very last day to, to figure out what your position's going to be. You know, I've said this until you're blue in the face, and I'm sure you're sick and tired of me hearing it, but it stands true to me. Uh, you just got to get into the dance, you know, with the, the different f- format now and the seedings. And we don't have to go into all of it, adding the extra team and half the teams in the league make the playoffs. Um, it changes everything, but it still stands true. Just like when they had the old wild card, you know, uh, the one game where right. there was three division winners and then the one wild card team, and uh, you would have the one game playoff, you know. And that we they're not going to go back to that. They just instituted this new format, but that was exciting, and we didn't need all the watered down teams. Look at the Marlins out in two games; they didn't deserve to be there. They were there by the you know eighty whatever wins they had. Um, but going back to what I was saying before I forget, get in, get hot, be healthy and anything can happen. Look at the, anything. And, and the, uh, Diamondbacks, 84 wins, you know, here they are four games away from getting to the world series. Uh, so just get in. And that's why I try to tell all the Met fans who are like 2024, we're not going to be competitive. You don't have to be all that competitive to be half better than the other half to make the playoffs. And once you get in, you never know what's going to happen. And that's what's happening once again. So that's why I say Mets fans, when you're listening and you're, you know, not feeling it in the off season and 
Just remember, half the teams in the NL make the playoffs. The Marlins and the Diamondbacks won with 84 and 85 wins. I tell you, it's, it's the toughest part, and it's a little scary, is that three, three National League East teams made the playoffs. You know, So it's obviously a very difficult division. Um, and yeah. uh, the Mets are going to have a lot to fight for. But like, I totally agree with what you're saying with – if you're in the mix, man, just stay in the mix because yep. I do believe that the the playing important games down the stretch gets you and keeps you hungry and ready for the playoffs. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the playoff. I mean, the uh, the wild card teams do as well as they have. You remember the '99 Mets, even the '98 Mets. They they had to play tooth and nail to the last game. I mean, sure. they got in. I, be, I believe it was a Mike Piazza was at the plate against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and a, there was a balk. Or a wild pitch. I'm sorry that allowed the Mets to clinch. And I, you, if you, you should anybody listening, check out that YouTube. It was like Mike was wanted that big hit, <laughs> you know, and the wild pitch scored the runner from third, and the bat was taken out of his hands. But they won. Right. And my point is, is that they went all the way to the NLCS, you know, and we know how that all went. But playing to the end and not having days off, and as you know, baseball players are creatures of habit. They don't Absolutely. want a week off. Tell me, I mean, if you're a hitter and you're eight for your last 10 and then you get a week off because your team is too good, you don't want that. No, you, know? you, want, to be in that, you want to be in that batter's box and have them keep throwing it at you. Yeah. You alluded to three National League teams making the playoffs. Of course, one is left as we record this, the Phillies. The Braves are out. Sorry, Brave fans. You're probably not listening to this anyway. But if you are – your excuses and your your throwing trash on the field and I mean I've never seen a more pathetic, uh, embarrassing from top to bottom from media to fans even the players about losses they made every excuse under the sun this is just me ranting I speak on on my own um, but not really because a lot of people if you go on Twitter read the articles it was pretty pathetic so I'm not I'm not. I hated rooting for the Phillies as a Met fan, so now go Diamondbacks. But you know, seeing the Braves and how they handled all that—you know, too much rest. Uh, all the sprinklers went off. I don't know if you saw this, where the Phillies were, and their media got doused, but not where the Braves were. You know, or trash thrown on the field. It was all pathetic, embarrassing. There's no need for that in baseball. Absolutely not. One of the things that I kind of noticed, and I hearken back to the the '90s and. What I saw from the crowd from the Phillies kind of reminded me of what it looked like at, yep. um, at the old uh, the old launching pad and then in the Olympic Stadium. I can't remember the names of them right now, but the crowd, the way the crowds were then, uh, kind of kind of uh, reminded me of that with the Phillies. Uh, Phillies were at the, uh, yeah Veterans Stadium and, and Braves were the uh, Fulton County Stadium. Fulton County. What was the the, the name of the stadium after uh, after the Olympics in '96? The Brave Stadium. Uh, not trust to his park. Um, no. Anyway, my point yeah. is, is oh, it's going to kill me too. But we'll, we'll figure it out. The crowd was so quiet and so like sitting on their hands in in uh, in Atlanta relative to where pregame they showed uh, the Phillies <laughs> crowd and they're just they're losing their shit. You know they're they're really into it. So I think that. Uh, yeah. That kind of played into the whole the days off. That kind of played into it too. Kind of just like it was just a regular old regular season you, ball game. Bill, you're you're as down to earth and more old school than most you know people that we know that have played the game. You would uh, enjoy this. All the excuses from the players, 
and fans and media. Throw that aside. You know what Brian Sickner, the manager of the Braves, said after they got eliminated? Did you see that quote? I didn't, but I'm sure it was something about they were the better team. <laughs> he said, I can't sit here and make excuses for having a week off and being flat on our ass when the Houston Astros had the same thing, and they advanced. There you go. That's a classy manager. Yeah, No, yeah. He's, nope. uh, he's obviously an old school guy, 100%. Right, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a good manager and a good baseball man. He learned from uh, learned a lot from uh, Mr. Cox. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything different from him. Right. So I heard that, I heard that quote and that, that, you know, good, good for him. Yep. Um, you mentioned three NL teams. We got a little sidetracked. Uh, Braves gone. Marlins gone. Philly's still alive. Probably the favorites now to win it all. I'm getting sidetracked by myself because more questions are popping than thoughts in my head. So let's just go with it. All if right. you, we're recording this. We won't say what day because there will be games played before this is aired. We hope we can get this out as soon as possible. But with the four teams as of right now that are remaining, the Astros, the Rangers, the Phillies, and the Diamondbacks, who are, who do you see advancing? Who do you, who do you like? Or, I think or who be, do you like to – go ahead. I think it's going to be Philly and Texas in the, in the okay. World Series. Yeah, I, I think so. I think experience and also hunger from the Phillies uh, from last year and missing out. Uh, I think that's there. I think that they're, they're hot and they're playing. They're like, they seem like such a, a close knit team. And a lot, that yeah. has a lot to do with when you're on a roll and, and feeling everybody and everybody feels you. And, you know, we're just, we're a bunch of brother band of brothers out there. I see that from them. And obviously Texas, uh, is hot. Like I said earlier, it's almost like they need to lose the game just to remember what it feels like. But, um, I, I- I mean, do you really mean that? Because I remember the Astros last year, they were kind of the same way. They swept the World Series. They played – they swept – they actually finished the year – I don't know if it was 8-0 or 9-0 because they swept the uh, Yankees in the ALCS. So that's eight wins right there in a row. I mean, there's nothing wrong with winning. I just hate but- for, them, for them, in my eyes, if they get to the World Series and maybe lose a game, they might freak out if they haven't lost one on the, way, on the, on the trip there. I, okay, I could be I get completely that. wrong, but I know that they're a very streaky team. Uh, there was even a moment in time where people were thinking that they weren't even going to make the playoffs and, uh, they got yeah. hot after they were, what they lose like 18 or something. They lost so many games. And we then, all thought um, it was the Scherzer it, effect. They traded for Scherzer <laughs> and, then, and then they did lose 18 of whatever. Yeah. Right. But, um, I, I think those are the two teams that end up playing in the world series. Okay. Uh, I would happen to agree with you now. Um, uh, and that leaves us to this. This is the hot topic, uh, topic on Twitter and amongst Met fans, only Met fans. I, I can speak for myself. I don't know if you have an opinion on this. It's if we think the Phillies are going to play the Rangers in the World Series, now it's like, well, there's no way in hell I'm rooting for the Phillies. You know, we Met fans, Philly fans, we don't like each other. You know, I don't know if you saw the quote or the, the, the celebration when the Phillies advance to the NLCS. I don't remember the player. I remember what he looked like. He had overalls on and he had a bunch of Bud Lights or Budweiser's pocketed in his shirt like this. And his quote was, fuck the Bravos, fuck whoever we're playing, and always fuck the Mets. Why are we on their minds when they're celebrating in the locker room? You know, that's that's how the Phillies don't like us. We don't like that. (laughs) I think that uh, obviously that's a thing. That's not the first time that that had happened. Um, Right. I totally disagree with the cameras being in the clubhouse and filming that and putting that out though. I think what happens in the clubhouse is supposed to stay in the clubhouse and in another day and another time that wouldn't have been put out there. Um, 
whether the Mets are really on their minds or not, I don't know. But obviously, it was put, it weird was put out there. But, but I think that's a team thing. Like I said, I think that's a band of brothers there. I think that yep. those guys go out and have a beer together after the game. The majority of the guys, you know, there's a big group of guys that are hanging out on that team. Philly, Philly's a lot like that. As much as I like to get on Philly, I'll give them this. They're knowledgeable about their sports and they're passionate about their sports. So I can respect that. What I can't respect is how they treat other fan bases and, you know, how they, they treat others. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm just we, talking I, about the players. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the fans alone. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Philly's a, and actually, I, I got this maroon shirt on today. Not not on purpose for the uh, the Phillies. But um, I, uh, I I like the, I like the group of players. I would take that group of players and put them in blue and orange and be really happy. The Mets had a chance. The Mets had a chance under the Cohen ownership to sign Kyle Schwarber or and or Nick Cassianos. Yeah. They were free agents. They decided with Marte. They decided with Canna. And you know, believe it. We we know how it goes. They've gone well. The Phillies look like they're going to go to the World Series two years in a row. Um, so my question was before uh, we got a little sidetracked again. As a Mets fan, and you can speak differently, I have an opinion. Mets fans are tossed up. It's a hot topic of shit. I can't root for the Phillies because I hate them, but I also don't want to root for Max Scherzer because he threw us under the bus when he was traded, and it kills me. And I'm not, I'm not speaking for me, Casey. Speaking overall, you know, and I've collected and I've seen the overall data, if you will, of just how more uh, Met fans feel. I'm not speaking for everybody, but most Met fans are going, shit, this is not cool for being a Met fan in the World Series. Can't root for the Phillies. I don't like Max Scherzer, went out on a horrible way, unlike Verlander. And then you got Jacob DeGrom, who will get a ring if the Rangers win. And it kills me that DeGrom, you know, who pitched his ass off for us and pitched his prime years for us and left everything out there, is going to get a ring the minute he leaves. But Not on the healthy. same hand, he didn't do anything really that helped the Rangers this year. So it's going to take a little away from him. So for me, and I'm going to ask you, I have no choice other than not to watch the World Series, which, of course, I'm going to watch the World Series, or obviously I'm going to have to pull for the Rangers because there's nothing in me that can pull for the Phillies unless they're playing the Yankees or the Braves. So if it means Max getting another ring, he's got a couple anyway. Good for him. Throw it in your trophy case. you know. Uh, And as for Jake, I have nothing against Jake. And he didn't do crap with the Rangers, so if anything, it would probably bother him that he got a ring and he had nothing to do. Yeah, I think 100%. Uh, that's the thing I was actually thinking about the other day is it's going to suck if it does work out for the Rangers for Jake to end up getting a, a World Series ring uh, and not being a part of it. And I know that the type of competitor that he is and the type of uh, ball player that he is, that's going to eat at him. But it's also going to feed his hunger uh, that much more to come back and try to get one that while he's out on the mound um, or you know, being an integral part of a ball club, which we all know that he can be. Uh, the way that I look at it, as a as a Mets fan, um, watching teams that they have animosity towards, I think you, you need to take at this point of the year. You need to take the fandom just completely out of it, and just try to enjoy the fact that these are the two best baseball teams. When it comes down to the World Series, the two best baseball teams on the planet at this moment, and just hope that you get to watch baseball at its very very peak. And just try to take the fandom out of it and uh, be be looking forward to, to February and that your ball club's going to have another opportunity. I can respect that. Unfortunately, Mets fans are not rational. And we, <laughs> we <laughs> you know, we, we've gone through so much heartache and we just, Mets fans are different. And that's why I say 
you know, a podcast for the Mets and running a, a pod, a, a company focusing on Mets and MLB, you know, it, it will never be boring because Mets fans and the organization is in a different group than many other, you know, I, I, so I'm not rational. You know, it's like we almost enjoy pain. What's the, the misogynism or something? Yeah, misog- where, where, yeah. yeah where, where we almost want the hurt and the pain because it makes us, us feel comfortable, you know? It's, I guess that's all they know at this point or all they feel like they know. But um, I, I, I always say this because I do Mets Fantasy Camp. I know a lot of Mets fans. Uh, I've got an opportunity to meet lifelong Mets fans, guys that are in their 60s and 70s and that. I always like the you got to believe Mets fan a lot better than the, dis, dis, the disgruntled Mets fan. And, that's a, and I know sometimes it can go both ways, but I like to always feel like, you know what? Yeah, you're going to have a chance. You're going to have a chance. And that's just the way I try to feel. I try to be optimistic about it. Try not to get too down about it because it's too easy to get down. And it's too easy for the other other fans of other teams to to poke fun at you for being the disgruntled Mets fan. Tug Tug McGraw, 1973, you know, and and it worked. If anyone listening or watching, pull up the calendar, the standings of August, whatever it was. And how far it was, you know, divisions, one went to the pennant. There were no wild cards. There were ten and a half games out with nothing to play. You got to believe Tug McGraw. And, That's it. You know, game seven, World Series, unfortunately, they lost to the A's. But, yeah, you're right. You got to believe it does have something uh, I like warranted it. about it. I like it. that better than just being being mad yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. No, my point is that Mets fans are a special breed, and I'm part yes. of it. And we all yeah. agree. If you don't agree on it, you're not. I'm not calling you out, but it, it takes a real Met fan to know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, um, I, I completely understand. Let's uh, keep with the NL uh, three teams making the playoffs. Uh, one of the teams that is out are the Marlins. Now, hot topic that just came out within the week is that their GM, who's been there since 2020, I believe, or 2021, Kim Ning, uh, first female. I believe GM in the majors and brought them to a wild card in the postseason. Uh, first time I'm taking 2020 out of it because it wasn't a full year. So first full 162 game season since 2003 when they won the whole thing. Um, she resigned and the Marlins offered her her option for uh, 2024 to remain the GM. She found out that the Marlins were shopping around and offering positions like a David Stearns for president of baseball operations. Once she found out that she would have to be the number two after what she's built. I mean, I understand it as just a employee and, you know, a person she resigned. And uh, regardless of how you feel about her and how, what she's built in Miami after Jeter left and the teams and the trades, they were making progress and she resigned. She quit, you know, but she'll land on her feet. So I wanted to get your take. I'll go into mine because it's, it's quick. Uh, a lot of Mets fans are being like, you know, at least they're going to do their due diligence. But the Mets, it, she's not going to the Mets because she would be under David Stearns. You know, that's why she quit. She didn't want a play. If anything, she might have, she should have been elevated, if anything. And why would she go to another team? where she would have to be under somebody, that would be David Stearns. Now, should the Mets interview her and just get a conversation going and see where she stands? Of course. She's built. She's done a very good job. Three rings with the Yankees, 98, 99, 2000. You know, 
commissioner's office, Dodgers, Miami. She's got a resume. Um, I just don't think the Mets are, you know, what she wants. I think she'll end up actually going to Boston where they have an opening. And, uh, you know, negotiations will take their place. But my opinion on it, she's done a good job. It was kind of a low ball by the Marlins to treat her like that. Not sure exactly how it went down. Uh, but whoever I think gets her uh, and, and she, went, she will land on her feet, will get a good one. I wanted to get your reaction because this was a bombshell out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Obviously a little surprising that she uh, resigned uh, after bringing the team to the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to know, you know, because obviously they've got some tremendous arms that have came up over the – were these guys there before – she became the general manager. I don't know. You know, I don't look into their minor league system and all that. But obviously, she's had success. She had. She does have a res, has have a resume. I do believe the Mets should do their due diligence, which is oh, yeah. uh, professionalism. Um, I personally feel like with Stearns being the analytics, uh, the brains, um, I'd like to see something closer to possibly like the Rangers, where they have a, a former player uh, be the manager. I mean, the general manager. Former Met because they can kind of bat things off of each other, you know, between the, the the crunching of the numbers and the eye test, and I think that we're seeing that kind of uh, play out a little bit with uh, with the Rangers. Uh, me yeah. personally, I think that taking baseball people, field people, away from the front office is kind of taken away from the game. Uh, you know, like you said, I'm I'm an old school guy, um, straight shooter. Uh, I don't think that she's going to be the Mets. Uh, general manager, but at this point, nothing surprises me when it comes to hires. I believe the White Sox are, no, the Tigers hired a general manager that was an NHL general manager. So yeah, I have no idea what what it is anymore, what it means anymore, to be honest with you. But uh, I'd like to see them have a baseball guy. I know that people are baseball people that are front office, but I'd like to see somebody that's been through the wars. I don't think that's going to happen either. But somebody that's been through the grind and knows the grind of the daily grind of baseball and can um, can be compassionate to the players when they're down and to kick them in the ass when they need to be kicked in the ass. And um, that's what I'd like to see. Uh, would will be interesting to see how things play out. It definitely will. It was a bombshell. No one expected it. I'm sure she didn't expect it. You know, thinking she's going to live in Miami and, you know, have another year to build. And, right. you know, it was out of nowhere. Uh but, uh, you know, good luck to her. Marlins lost a good one, and uh, we'll see how they recover and who they fill that position with. Um, let's, uh, let's go more into Mets talk right now. Uh, Mets have two guys penciled in to the rotation for two, uh, 2024, uh, Senga and Quintana. You know, three need to be there. Obviously, 11 need to be signed because depth is everything. So we went over this way back when, where we had the list of free agents. But regardless of that list, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out a bunch of names that are available via trade or free agency, and take two or three that Bill Pulsifer would like to be have penciled in uh, in spring training as the one through five or you know four Six starters. Because <laughs> right, I know how it works. But you know, yeah. even I won't even go to the minor leagues. Because that's a given. They'll be in spring training and maybe one shines like a Mike Vassell or Christian Scott. Uh, but major league caliber that has shown it. I'll start with and uh, just going to ramble off and then you pick two or three. Okay. Yamamoto from uh, Japan, who's going to be the number one sought. You got uh, 
Lance Lynn, who's on the Dodgers now, traded at the deadline from the White Sox. Uh, Montgomery, who's pitched his ass off for the Dod, uh, for the Rangers, who was traded by the Cardinals, former Yankee, at the deadline. Um, Blake Snell, who is going to win the Cy Young. Uh, you have, we're going to take him off the list, but he was a free agent. I don't think he'll ever play again. Urias of the Dodgers, who got into the domestic, you know, uh, dispute, yeah. and that's an ongoing investigation. So take him off the list. Uh, and then you have trades such as uh, Corbin Burns, who's going to be a free agent after 2024. So he would be a rental. I feel like I have to write these names down now. You're giving me so many. <laughs> I, well, uh, well, that's, you know, uh, those are the bigger names, you know, and okay. then you got less, you got lesser names. Uh, like uh, I believe in Alex Cobb who might have an option. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, but you know, those are, again, they have to, the three or two guys that they're going to have to sign or trade. Corbin Burns is a guy I would love to have, and you could get him cheap because he's a one-year rental. He's a free agent after this season. Uh, and they're going to trade him. The Brewers, David Stearns, uh, he's sense. not residing there. They can't afford him. And he had, he went to arbitration. He got lowballed there. So yeah, he actually, it. if you saw that interview at spring training this year, he basically said F you to the Brewers. Yeah. How did, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, if you have any guys on your mind too, but that, that is the list. There are other guys as well. You keep in mind, this is realistic. Money involved, years involved. Um, what makes the most sense for the Mets? Who are you looking at? Uh, obviously, Yamamoto is going to be a hot topic, and it makes more than just baseball sense. It makes business sense um, and also could help with the possibility of bringing over uh, the guy out on the West Coast there too. Um, never heard of him. Otani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like Snell, but I, I'm a little leery just because of the whole, um, sign year, you know, contract year thing. And he's, then I always come to yeah. find out, you know, he's never, he's, the guy's never even thrown a complete game. Not that they happen all that often, but kind of surprising in, in a, Cy, a Cy Young award winner. Um, not, not ever throwing a complete game in his career. Uh, Lance Lynn, no, I think he's on the back end. You know, yeah. Montgomery's interesting, obviously. Very. Um, and I think that he's one of those guys that gave you the big F you to the Yankees, too, because as soon as he, he left, you saw the beard. And the if you look, yeah. he's, got, he's almost got as much beard on his neck that he does on his face right now. So um, that, I think that he's could very be- interesting. He's obviously matured and, and improved over the past two two seasons now. And he's uh, shown not, he, could, he could pitch under the bright lights. Yeah. I'm not sure Thank if he wants to be in New York again, but maybe he does. And what better way to say screw you to the, the Yankees than <laughs> to, to become a Met? Um, obviously not Urias. Uh, nope. <laughs> Corbin Burns? What do you think I do like I do like Corbin Burns, obviously, and, and as a rental. And if things do work right. well, maybe you end up signing him again. Obviously the ties uh, with Stearns in the uh, – in the Brewers, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm sure Stearns had something to do with the uh, the arbitration in that last year. So maybe there's a little bit of a grudge there as well. Could be. That's a um, very good point. Obviously, actually, we're naming all lefties other than Burns. But uh, Lucchese, is he, what's his what's his contract situation? Because uh, I think uh, uh, arbitra- uh, arbitration, arbitration eligible. eligible. I think he deserves a shot in spring training to see what he's got. You know, he's finally healthy yep. again. He's pitched. Uh, he pitched somewhat, you know, somewhat successful. Did well down the stretch. Um 
I'm, I'm happy you brought his name up because I, I did not. We could just bubble it down because, yeah, we, you touched upon it all. Yamamoto, I totally agree. Burns, go after him if you can, if it makes sense. Mets got some depth in their players now in the minors that it, it makes sense for both. Uh, but Lucchese, Jose Budo, who pitched very well towards the end. He pitched very I well. Mean, and uh, why am I uh, one other pitcher as well? Even uh, Peterson pitched well. Uh, and McGill. You know, and we've seen a lot of McGill and Peterson over the years. Do you want to pencil them in? No. But should they be given a chance? Yes. I think they're in the mix of the six, seven, eight guys. I think they're in the yeah, mix yeah. still. You know, I mean, they're waiting for, for them, them to turn the corner. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. Obviously, we'll look at Montgomery as a perfect example as right. a comparable to Peterson. You know, a guy that struggled, 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 got traded, found his niche. And uh, he looked outstanding the other night in the playoffs. And he's been tremendous in the playoffs so far. Yeah. So, um, I think those are some good names to look towards, and I think that some of the guys – I'd like to see Luke Casey healthy for a year and see what he can do because he's definitely he pitched, and he's a little oh, different. Oh, yeah. You know? The turf, the, the absolutely. I yeah. mean, uh, he, he's shown in the major leagues that he can he, he pitched very well. So I hope that he, he gets an opportunity. And just because you break camp with the team doesn't mean you're there all year. You know, injuries happen, shit happens, uh, but uh, Mets – have to go out and get free agents or trades, but they do have a, a lot of depth, like we just talked about with a Peterson, McGill, Lucchese, Budo, you know, those type of guys. I um, think you might have some Mets fans cussing at you right now with those names you're saying. Good. Other than good. Budo, I like the, I like Budo. I, I thought he was tremendous at, at the end of the year. He was. And, and, and good I'm, for I'm, him. Rooting for, I'm rooting for McGill, and I'm really rooting for the lefty as a former, as a, as a former left handed pitcher myself. I really root for Peterson, too, and I'd like to see him turn to maybe they need a different. You know, a different voice, maybe. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. So My, my uh, thought, tell me if you agree with this, you know, as a pitcher that you are. I always thought, and I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't really happened yet, McGill would be better suited as a reliever, you know, coming out because he's always pitched well early, you know, and they never, you know, until later when he was pitching well towards the end, a third time through the order obviously didn't work out. But he's throwing 98. He's recovered from his injury. Uh, I'm not saying make him the closer. But, you know, try him out in the bullpen. I always might, thought that McGill has a stuff for getting three outs. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, this is totally off in another direction with him. I'd like to see him spit the gum out and move a little bit faster, stop being such a sloth. If I was his coach, and I know you can't tell somebody not to chew gum, but, man, he's been trying to chew that gum for three years now. Spit the gum out. Start same piece? A bit <laughs> is it the same piece of gum for three years? I don't know, but him and uh, look, him and Beatty are obviously the gum boys. They're chewing their gum. Maybe if, yeah. if that's not working, go ahead and try something different. And that's why uh, we I'm love big, having. I'm a big believer in try something different. I don't. I like. I don't like his tempo as a pitcher. I think he's much too slow. And I think he's that's. I think he's a big dude. He's a big, dude. He he is a big old dude. But I'd yeah. like to see a little bit more fire in his ass. I'd like to see him laid lit back up a little bit. You know, show yeah. a little bit more. I know he's a California laid back guy. Yep. But I think that he needs a little bit of a fire lit, lit under his ass. You know, his uh, his nickname is the Big Drip because he's yep. cool, you know, and, you know, but uh, yep. uh, that's why we love having Bill Pulsifer, you know, on the Shea Low podcast. I never really noticed. I mean, I'm sure I did, but you're right. Now that I think about it, he's always chewing gum. Uh, better than half a mile an hour. Let's go. Get it going. Better than, better than tobacco. But yeah, I, get, I could see how, you know, maybe a little fire under I think there. It is a could, little fire. I'd like to see yeah. a little fire in his ass, you know, and, and see how that works out. Because I love his stuff, you know. Yeah. I love the size. I just like to see a little bit more. 
Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Because you, yeah, and I understand that it's frustrating, you know, as you make that really weird sound effect because (laughs) he has that that the stuff thrown 98 yep. you know and the the sweeper now and he he learned from Senga about uh kind of like a, not the ghost fork ball but uh something along those lines where we'll see what happens in spring trading with it i'm sure he, all, uh, they called him the american name that Senga didn't name that fucking pitch right there's no, no. way he named that pitch i you know what it, it it's 2023 it shouldn't be hard to find out i'll find out uh, i don't know somebody somebody gave that pitch the name there's no way that a uh, the only pitcher I ever yeah. known that named his pitches was uh, Ricky Vaughn. Exactly, Ricky Vaughn. That's about <laughs> it. You know, that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> right. And Major League Two, the Terminator. Right. You know, or whatever. Um, before we get into the mailbag, uh, I wanted to talk about this because this really bugs me. Uh, Craig Council, uh, his season's over. They got swept uh, in the first round by the Diamondbacks. So he is now a free agent. Uh, no longer under contract. Well, he is under contract, and this is what bugs me. It was said once the Brewers were eliminated, David Stearns and the Mets were allowed to talk to him about their managerial opening. Now it comes out that Mark Atanasio, their their president of the Brewers, is not allowing him to talk to any teams until his contract is really up, which is when the season's over, which I believe is October 31st. Now, is, if that's not the definition of, you know, cutting your nose and spiting your face or whatever the goddamn cliche is, because I believe they, they offered him an extension. He said, no, this is not going to help them. I think it's a big fuck you to the Mets because Mark Atanasio was one of the few owners that rejected uh, Steve Cohen to be a, a, a owner, you know, when all the owners had to vote and he had to get X amount of percentage and Atanasio was not one of those. Uh, it's it, it doesn't make sense to me why he would do it, but he did. It's a fact. The Mets will be able to talk to him come October 31st or November 1st, but I just don't understand. You're just delaying the inevitable and pissing people off. Now, if it's out of spite, that's on you, you know? And that's what it is, spite. But you're, you're not helping your chances if you want to bring out counsel. Or maybe you just know that he's not returning to the Brewers. So you're, you're delaying the Mets because the first thing they really have to do is sign a manager. Right. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll get your your input on this, Steve Cohen, ever since he took over, nothing has ever leaked with the Mets, like the will pumps. You know, everything's tight ship, and it looks like Sturges is, you know, with that as well. We haven't heard one ounce of rumbling about Mets – interviewing anybody now if they're interviewing in-house it's easier like eric chavez who they elevated the bench coach because they wanted him to stay uh or even like a beltron who's in-house you know but you don't hear them interviewing anybody else but you hear about other teams interviewing players uh uh, uh, managerial vacancy uh openings giants plenty so does that mean that they're just waiting for counsel yes in my opinion so I just said a lot about Atanasio, Council, the Brewers, and the Mets type ship. You don't hear about any rumblings. I'll shut up, and uh, you know the floor is yours. All right. Well, let's go with the, the second part first. Um, I think that it could be one of two things. Obviously, that they're they want to go hard after Council and they're waiting, or it could just be we, we don't want the drama of uh, the back page every single day. 
what are we doing? The speculation. They don't want the the chatter going on, and they want to work things quietly and and do it at their own pace. Obviously, we know they got to get a manager before they can start doing anything else. And obviously, right now, it looks like a general manager as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on your first point, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, I think he, uh, the owner knows he's going to lose councils, it seems. Um, yeah. Obviously, you were correct with him voting against uh, the owner becoming the new owner of the Mets. And yeah. I think that he's just basically saying, screw you guys, and we're going to play it by the book. And it is what it is. And if you don't like it, screw you. I don't have anything to do with you guys anyway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you, you say Burns as well. That might be another thing where he feels like, you know what, they're going to go after you're going to try to get my guy, one of my top pitchers. This is a team that's made the playoffs multiple years uh, yeah. in a row and, and, you know, quite a few years over the um, over the last few years, as well as they just lost. So that wound is, is still very, very fresh. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's spite, and he's saying screw you guys. Yeah, spite, and you know what? I can't speak on being a billion dollar owner of a baseball team. So you know they they have different dealings as uh, billionaires to the, tend to be a little a little eccentric sometimes. The billionaires, yeah, okay. I think I think that's what it comes down to. But they're smart in a way, obviously. And they know that it's inevitable, so I just don't understand it. But if you're, like you said, playing it by the book, oh, I'm allowed, for, him, forbidding him from talking to the Mets until X day, I will do it. I'm going to do it. Right. right. I'm going to do it. Let's get to the mailbag. We got All a right. couple questions. Uh, let's start with your buddy. He's always there. Um, he, he's got a, another question. It's uh, NYGM, whatever the hell it is. GI, uh, my boy GI. Yeah, you, you know it uh, better than I. I have to write it down quickly. Uh, he had a, he has a question, and it's Bill. Uh, since you retired, in terms of fa- fan mail, what what is the process? Do you still enjoy it? Do you still take it? Uh, I don't have the exact question, so I apologize to him because uh, I'm not on Twitter right now, and I have to write it fast. But it was more of the along the lines of autographs while you're playing, and autographs if you get fan mail or signing now in your post playing days. Yeah, obviously. Uh... In my playing days, especially early on, I got uh, quite a bit of fan mail. You know, that at Shea Stadium, they would have the little boxes uh, in a back room, and uh, that's where the fan mail would go, and you get quite a bit of it. When you first start getting fan mail, and I started getting it in the minor leagues, you know, double A, when I was, uh, you know, the big-time prospect, yada, yada. Uh, it's very exciting, very exciting, and to have people wanting to, to have you, you know, they're sending you stuff and you sign it. And then it gets a little bit yeah. tedious because it becomes, it becomes quite a bit. And there are, uh, there are guys out there that are more, more successful, more popular players than me that have people that deal with that for them, actually, believe it or not. But um, obviously anytime somebody wants to ask you for your autograph, it, it feels good to have somebody say, Hey, can you sign something for me? Where we have a problem as players is when, cause I always thought about it. Look, if I saw a movie star or, somebody and I wanted to get their autograph, I would go over there and ask them for one autograph just to say I have your <laughs> autograph. Of course. It gets to be a problem when it's they send you a, an envelope and there's seven, eight, nine, ten cards in it. That what I usually do in that case, I'll sign two or three of them. The rest of them go back into the envelope and I'll send them on to you. Um, right. I, I still do get email. I have no idea how people come up finding my address. I, did I say email? I still get, still get fan mail. Um, yeah, we know what you meant. Right. I don't know how they get my address. I'm a little bit backed up behind, but I do try to sit down every couple weekends and sign 10 or 20 of them and send them out. 
just to try to stay on top of it. And I, I appreciate the question from a man GI because that reminds <laughs> me that I, I'm a little bit behind and I need to get on that. Yeah. I, I don't know how it works either, but I would, I, I think there are some companies that have books that uh, from former players of addresses and, and, you know, uh, I don't know if you have to sign, have consent over it. It sounds like you never put your name in a book no. for former players. Um, but uh, I was talking know. with uh, Glendon Rush at Fantasy Camp, and he was actually saying that they they have a website that rates players on their response I, level. You know? I can, and yeah, I believe you know, it. If you're going to send it to this guy, don't expect it to come back. Or if you send it to so-and-so, this guy is always on top of his stuff. So that is out there. But uh, I do need to – I'm a little bit behind. I need to no, I'm not, this weekend. Your man, GI, let me put you on the spot. Uh, not putting GI on the spot, but putting you. If fans wanted to get a bill poster for autograph and I took care of it without giving out your address, uh, could we make that happen if uh, they were 100%. so interested? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Okay. I yep. will uh, – uh, within the week, uh, via Twitter and Instagram on Shay Hello, uh, we'll make that happen. We will not Especially- give out your address. Especially now, because I feel like it's a little more intimate. If they're spending the time to sit down and, yeah. and listen to you and I discuss and conversate, uh, yeah. I, I think that absolutely we can make that happen. Hey, when we missed that one week, uh, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, people were, you know, not saying their week was spoiled, you know, but they were they were looking forward to it. So they were wondering t- where we were. I'll, I'll take it as a, we should take it as a compliment. You know, uh, we just we just started out. The numbers are trending very high. So you're right. Uh, if they're taking the time to listen to us or watching us, uh, you know that they deserve. If they want an autograph from a Bill Pulsifer, I I, 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 I agree. Respect that. I agree. Uh, next question, Jimmy Langs. Lat Lags. This is. <laughs> I remember writing this down. It's still. I don't know if you saw it because you get the updates on Twitter. I I saw a few. If I know this is the one, I, this is going to be interesting. This. Yes, it is. If you. <laughs> if you, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> If you had a choice between your wife's mom, yeah. uh, your wife's your, your not your wife's spaghetti and meatballs, or winning a World Series, and you have to pick one, which would it be? Um, I'm going to say this, and I think my wife would understand. Uh, winning a World Series is quite possibly a less than less than a lifetime, less than once in a lifetime thing. Uh, nah. Spaghetti and meatballs can be. Every Sunday, luckily, luckily for me, and like we know, as we yeah. covered in the past, that's my my favorite meal. My wife makes. Yeah. Um, hopefully, and I think she would understand winning a World Series, but then coming home to a nice bowl of uh, spaghetti and meatballs would be the ultimate. Yeah, so World Series over meatballs, and spaghetti and meatballs. But I think that I'll end up getting the spaghetti and meatballs too. Yeah, he didn't say, you know, you can't have spaghetti and meatballs after you won the World Series. It right, was just right. if you had the choice. He didn't say one's going away from ever. You know, he could have made it uh, tougher. And I'm not getting on you, Jimmy, if you're listening. Uh, and I don't want to get on and, and take any away from your man, G.I., but I think that was the best mail question we've ever had. That's a, that's uh, a good one. That's a good one. Because not only does it tell me that he's been listening, because he knows that he, he knows you love your, your wife's uh, spaghetti and meatballs, but, you know, uh, it's a good question. So, I thought the same good. thing when I saw the question. Props. So you did see it. Yeah, I was wondering. Yep, I, was I, hoping it. I would. I was. I, I figured, but I was hoping it'd be a surprise. Uh, <laughs> let, let, let's do one more question. It's from Dylan. Very straightforward. Uh, best manager that you've ever played for, whether it's the minors or the majors. Okay, I'm glad you said that too because I thought about. I saw this one as well, so I thought about this one. Obviously, if you go by success rate, uh, it would obviously be Tony Larusa, the best manager I played for. 
Me and him didn't get along necessarily. Partially my fault, partially his fault. Doesn't matter. I was only there a brief point in time. But if you go strictly by World Series and and successful career, uh, Tony Larusa. But okay. the guy that taught me the most about baseball and how to play baseball and do things the right way was actually a minor league manager of mine. And I played for him in A ball and I played for him in Double A. And then he stayed at Double A when I went on to Triple A. But that's John Tamargo. And okay. uh, he was an old catcher, was never a, a you know very brief stint in the major leagues. He actually told me a funny story about Joe Garagiola, um, great baseball announcer, also backup catcher. Uh, yep. When he got to the big leagues, he, he introduced him or brought his name up, and he said, John, here today, gone tomorrow, because I guess he knew that he wasn't going to be around all that much. But uh, JT was a great baseball man, and I learned an awful lot from him. And I was lucky enough to be able to play for him. And when we lost in the finals in A-ball and then won it in double-A, and he was a player's manager, and that does not mean that he lets you get away with whatever you want, but he he knew what it was like to struggle. He knew what it was like to be successful. And he was by far the the most the, the man that I learned the most about about how to play baseball. Well said, well said. So, okay, yeah, I, I best player manager – for you personally, and then best manager success wise, I totally makes sense. So, yep. uh, good question, good question by Dylan. Good answers, of course, by you. Thank uh, you. Let's go. Lastly, uh, so we don't go over an hour like we did last time uh, of the Gotta podcast. Wrap it up. Let's wrap it up with the uh, the quick pitches for Bill, as we always like to do. Bill, if you were a manager hypothetically and the ship was yours, what would be the first rule for the players that you would institute? Now we could be creative here, you know. They're they're Yankees, no facial hair other than a mustache, stuff like that. I don't even know. But if you were the manager, you put on the cleats, you wore your little pullover, you know, and you had to, you wanted to say, "I'm here, I'm the manager," and you had to make a rule, whether it was hard. Yeah, and this is this. I've heard this numerous times from other managers that I played for. Don't be late. Be on time. Be prepared. And that's and we go from there. You know, a good a good manager doesn't need to have a whole bunch of rules, to right. quote unquote rules, because he runs runs the team through respect, and you respect him. And I think that I've I've played on teams where they say I only have one rule. My rule is be on time. Now, obviously, if you start acting like an ass in that, we might have to change things a little bit. But right. I think that's a good place to start: is be on time and be prepared. Okay, I like that. Uh, second question. Well, we're, we're going to keep it baseball for right now. Uh, you know, we've sometimes gone off the uh, to other places, but uh, kangaroo court was always a big thing back in the day, you know, where players would have to throw money. And uh, yes. if, if players don't, if fans and uh, listeners don't know, kangaroo court, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I've witnessed it just being in a locker room in the minors, but uh, fines or players finding other players are doing stupid shit. Stupid shit. And you, Right, and you would put money, and at the end of the year, you know, stuff like that. You, Party, whatever. whatever. Right, yeah. Yep. So the question to you, it's more of a question than, you know, uh, quick pitches. Is there anything that you got fined for that was stupid, or you find somebody or saw somebody in kangaroo court that I don't know if it's still going on here in 2023? I don't think, I don't think it goes on much anymore. No, but I wish it, it did. It does go on at Mets Fantasy Camp, though. I'll tell you that. Right, it's right. It's a great night. And, and, 
And I get that because, you know, you got a bunch of guys that used to play that are older now and went through it back when you played. So I guess the question is of any of in in that realm, anything that sticks out that you remember? I think one of the funniest things that they do in kangaroo court, especially through the minor leagues, is late for the season. So let's say you're playing at at double A and you get called up to triple A. Well, right away you get fined for being late to the season. Got it. If you get sent back down to double A and they have kangaroo court, you get fined for being late for the season. So that was like a mandatory fine. Uh, yep. Anytime somebody got called up or sent down or anything like that. that I think that's one that sticks out because that was kind of just a universal. It was going to happen, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I should say this, but uh, Please, now you have to. Okay. Have to. It is 2023, so I shouldn't. But uh, meat gazing. Or how about this? Cock in the spread. If you if you're going to go to get food, you got to at least have some shorts on. You can't go up there in your towel or go up there oh. to go get some food. Those would be that's a that's a mandatory fine as well. I would hope so. <laughs> you would be surprised I, though. You would be surprised. I, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't because I've you know, like I said, being in the minors as a broadcaster, I've seen you a know lot fun, a lot. Yeah, a lot of what we just you just touched upon questionable uh guys 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 don't give a crap sometimes about that so i i but when it comes to food and the spread after the game or even before the game after you take your shower before the game you know put some shorts on not even in your towel put some shorts on and and go to get your food okay Uh, i like that uh last question hypothetically we're keeping baseball uh for the quick pitches here if you were offered a position with any team uh in the majors whether it be manager, it's all hypothetical, of course, pitching coach, bench coach, bullpen coach. Uh, do you, anything come to your mind of like, oh, yeah, I think I'd be a better pitching coach than I would be manager or I'd be a better bench coach than pitching coach? What, why, what would you pick and why? Uh, I think I'd like to be a pitching coach. You know, I feel like through all of my experiences, ups, downs, and I tried every single way known to man, it seems to uh, – to be successful and I to, to varying varying levels, um, I feel like I could uh, help young pitchers out, and I feel like um, I'd like to be a pitching coach, a little more intimate because you're dealing with a little smaller group of guys. Uh, you know, you're going to battle together, and, and I think that um, I think I'd be a good pitching coach. I think this ran its course, but uh, I've been through so much in my baseball life and had to learn through success and failures. I think that I would I would I would like to be a pitching coach. Okay. I think, you know, uh, you would make a good one as well. Thank so, you. Uh, that, that's going to wrap up. Quick pitches. We kept the baseball. We didn't go really off the course as we usually do. Next week. But, but I think we, we went off the course earlier in the podcast today, which made this more keep it on the course. So uh, next week I'll have some better questions. We'll get off the course uh, a little more. Uh, I want to say thank you. Once again, to Stephen White, who's our producer, roots-recordings.com. Thank you, Stephen White. Uh, He does have a show uh, on YouTube, Cold Popcast is the name of his show. Uh, Bill, before we really wrap it up, uh, any last thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed a lot of topics today. Uh, Enjoyed the conversation, and uh, thanks for everybody watching. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I want to thank everybody who listened. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube at Say Hello Media, hit that subscribe button. Uh, We're on all platforms as well if you just want to listen to us and not see our beautiful faces. Uh, And uh, 
wish everybody a great rest of your day and uh, be safe out there. We will catch you next week on the Shea Hello podcast.